everyone, my name is Gianna Ball Castro, and welcome back to another episode of the Women's Sports Matter podcast. Today, we are here with a very special guest. Can you introduce yourself, sir? Yeah, I'm Dean Linky. proud to be the longtime voice of the North Carolina Courage back in the WSA and now in the NWSL. I'm very excited to speak with Dean today, but y'all know the drill. Of course, we have to hit that commercial break. So I can talk about today's sponsor, Anchor, obviously. Okay, so I'm going to hit commercial break. We're going to talk a lot of soccer and a lot of women's sports. So we'll be right back. And this is the Women's Sports Matter podcast. Hey, everyone. It's Gianna Castro from the Women's Sports Matter podcast. And today I'm going to be discussing the sponsor of this show, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. This great listening to another commercial recorded by me. I have to change it because I listened to it the other day while I was in the car with my sister and I was not a fan of it. <laughs> I don't think I ever will be. Um, Dean, first of all, how are you doing today? I'm excited. Uh, you know, one of the things in hosting this podcast, I'm starting to get on more podcasts and I always like being on the opposite seat. So I'm looking forward to spending some time with you. I noticed um, a while back in my earlier days of having a Twitter account that you decided to start following me for some reason. I've always pondered, why do people follow me on Twitter? What was your reasoning, if you remember? And are you like an avid listener of the pod? You know, I, um, I definitely knew about it and I'm a big advocate for women's sports. So, you know, really your title got me to be honest with you. Cause I I've always said women's sports do matter. And I've always been a huge advocate. I've always taken a lot of pride in calling women's sports. And I like what you said when you were on my show, the United soccer coaches podcast presented by team snap and that it does matter. They do need an audience. They deserve an audience. And I felt that way my entire life. And now that I get a platform to really sort of sing their praises, I jump at it. That is great, honestly. Um, when I was on Dean's podcast, um, which will be linked um, down below, by the way, I discussed why I started this podcast. And just to reiterate, that's because I have such a passion for women's sports. Um, and I'm very excited to see where that takes me in the future. There's also an episode a long time ago where um, I talk about a paper that I wrote in my junior year of high school where it talked about the pay gap, but more specifically, the reason why I decided to start watching the WNBA and then, you know, progressing on to the NWS, NWSL and moving on to the NWHL. Uh, Dean, I have to ask, um, what is your favorite game that you've ever called? So probably, uh, you know, I was the original voice of the Colorado Rapids. So, and that's in fact how I broke into broadcasting, even though I knew I always wanted to be a broadcaster, but I'm thinking it was before you were born, but in 1997, we went from worst to almost first and won the Western Conference semifinals. And it was less about the call and more about being part of a team as a broadcaster in the champagne celebration. And we would go on to MLS cup. We would lose to 
DC United at RFK Stadium in front of a packed house two to one. But that moment, that celebratory moment after the game, after you put the headset down with your team that you spent so much time with, you really felt like you were one of the players, right? Celebrating a title because we'd won the Western Conference. So I think that'll always be my number one. That sounds like so much fun. Yes, I was born in 2002, so that was way before my time. I'm old. <laughs> Early 2000s, get in the house. Again, young, fresh perspective on the Women's Sports Matter podcast. Um, I love it. You don't really see a lot of younger podcasters. Um, when I think about it, I don't. I have no idea. I know people that do stuff with Anchor where they have their own little thing, but it's not exactly a podcast. It's more of like meditation-based um, so I feel like what I'm doing is different. And that is also another reason that I started just because I like being different. And that's like a big thing on here too. I have some hot takes. Um, speaking of hot takes, did you look at the athletics um, bracket for 2020? I also have an episode about that from a few weeks ago, but uh, if I could have your opinion on what happened with that. <laughs> Okay, so no, I don't know what you're talking about. With so the, the athletic, um, which if you don't know for anyone listening is a I know what the athletic company. is, but I don't know what the brand yeah. is. Yeah. Sports events of 2020, for example, Tom Brady going to Tampa Bay. Right. Biggest sports moment of 2020? I don't think so. No, that's what, that's what um, came number one. There were only two women featured. It was um, the new Marlins Jam and Naomi Osaka. Mm. And I was disappointed. Um, I wanted to see like the Houston Dash on there Absolutely. or maybe um, the TV Storm. USL. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like yeah. the bubble, uh, the first bubble in professional sports to come back from the pandemic, which people fail to recognize is the NWSL. And it's not all Adam Silver that was like, oh, the NBA, we did it. No, NWSL didn't have any coronavirus cases either. So um, I love hearing is, that, Gianna. That, yeah. I, the NWSL did not get enough credit for the job they did because it went out with, it yeah. went off without any incidents and it was hugely successful. And yeah, did I think the Courage were going to win it? I did, but it was great that another team got it done right. And, um, you know, some new names got in there. Yeah, that Portland game. I'll never forget Twitter after that. It was just, that's what I love to see, honestly, is the interactions on social media. Social media interactions went up so much with the women's sports leagues this year. Um, so that was also another thing that came out of that. More people watching listening yeah so what's up with that there's a lot of hating on the courage why is that i mean come on is it the yankees thing what's the deal (laughs) i think people are just tired of the courage in general (laughs) like the players on the courage you know spread the wealth if you know what i mean um well now you're loaded in chicago there you guys got everybody oh i know um i when i found out about mal coming to the red stars i was like so shocked it's big time i was so happy um she doesn't get enough credit either um she obviously has a lot of work to do still recovery is important um but i'm excited to see what happens and i want to go see them live i've never 
been to a soccer game before. Um, only my soccer games because I used to play back in high school. But I want to go see the Red Stars. It was my first game. So to see all of those people would be very exciting. You got to um, go. You got to go, G, for sure. I know. It's just I, when I watched um, the first game back for all the internationals from the World Cup, I was sitting there because I really wanted to go to that game and no one would take me. I was sitting there. I was like, there's so many amazing people standing on that field right now. And I'm so jealous that that game was the most I think in Chicago Red Stars history, the most attended game. I don't know where it is on the leaderboard exactly, but heavily attended game, and I was not there. I was watching the whole game, though, while my mom was complaining to turn it off because it was so boring. Um, I think they were playing the Pride or something. Um, yeah. I remember the big crowd. Yeah, the crowds after the World Cup for those NWSL games is that walking home to the champions was incredible. You know, the North Carolina Courage, you know, they had four – U.S. stars, but then they also had Dabinia, right, who did great things. That yes. Was, I, I liked your answer earlier about Sam Kerr because she might be the best player in the world. I'm glad that you recognized how great she is. I'm such a big fan of Sam Kerr. Oh, my God. Um, I don't know how it happened, but I think I just started watching more. Um, I heard about her hat trick. I forgot if it was against, like, Norway or something. I don't remember. Um but she is incredibly talented and she went from nothing to something like, look where she ended up. She's at freaking Chelsea for crying out loud. And I'm just so happy for her. Um, and I, I have to ask, do you, are you a watcher of the, what do they call it? The FA or, or whatever over in England. Do you pay attention to that stuff too? Cause I'm trying to dabble more into that oh, on yeah, this absolutely. podcast too. Absolutely. Uh, do you have your favorite team? Well, uh, you know, because it's funny, you said Chelsea, because Emma's at Chelsea and yeah. I know really well, I've had her on my podcast, you know, probably 10, 10 times, I think definitely on the women's side, for sure, Chelsea. And, you know, really then on the men's side, because Christian Pulisic is, is over As there. Christian so, Pulisic. Yes. Oh yeah. my God. Yes. Yeah. So really, I think both men and women, Chelsea's probably my team of choice. Uh, Arsenal's also fun to watch, not the men's side, but the women's side. Absolutely. Also, Man United, Man City, like those four. Um, I like them all. And I mean, Jose Mourinho, yeah. we did a little thing with uh, for the digital convention. So I felt like I feel like I'm watching more Tottenham just to see what the special one is is up to. But uh, all of those are great teams to watch. Yeah, he's, he's quite the guy. I love watching his interviews back because <laughs> it's like you have to have more coaches like him. He plays. Yeah, he plays. Yeah, he is, he is just great. I do watch Tottenham sometimes. Like, I'm not a fan, obviously, because, like, that's the rival club and whatever. But, like, Harry Kane and, like, that whole attacking front is really good. Um, I just love soccer so much. And I love picking out, like, my favorites on each team. Uh, do you have, like, is your uh, North Carolina team your favorite soccer team? Or what? what is your favorite? Well, yeah, for sure. I mean, the North that Carolina. That is your absolute favorite. Yeah, I think so. I mean, they, they've made it so much fun and I've been yeah. lucky enough to have a front row seat, you know, even the first time around, it, it's similar to my experience with the Colorado Rapids when the WSA was launched again. Um, I don't think you were born, but it was launched. We were the worst team. Then the next year we won the WSA title and then it went away. And then WPS came back and Fox hired me to call their games of the week. And I called the playoffs and I was all in and that went away. Um, and 
like you said, women's sports matters. That hurt that both those leagues were not able to sustain themselves. And now the NWSL, I think they're going on year eight, um, eight or nine. I think it's eight. I mean, that just shows that, and they've, they've added teams and more teams are coming in. This league is not going away. The TV numbers support it, but yeah, I mean, I got to say the courage because that's the, that's the team that pays the bills, you know, and I got a front row seat and, and they're outstanding with, you know, all due respect to the red stars and Portland course, and all these yeah. great teams. <laughs> You're so lucky to just to be up there and calling it from your perspective, being up in that booth. What is it like? What, what is the game day feels? Oh, it's incredible. So first of all, we have a beautiful stadium. Um, and they're actually talking about building another one downtown. Um, and part of the reason they want to build one downtown is, you know, you'll see on my hat, I'm also the voice of the USL North Carolina FC team and have been since 2007 when they had a different name. But I think the biggest reason, if they're being honest with all of us, that they want to build this stadium is not just because of the men's team, but because the North Carolina Courage have earned that kind of demand. So the fact that they could build a stadium with, women's soccer as the preeminent client um, is so exciting and, and perfect for someone like you when you talk about women's sports matters. So, but you know, my experience there is incredible. The perch is outdoors, but it's covered and the level at NWSL, these are the best players in the world, right? Every player pretty much that's on the U S national team is in the league. You mentioned Sam Kerr. Yes, he's in Chelsea, but hopefully she'll come back to is the new Marta. I think she's the best player for Brazil, Denise O'Sullivan, representing the Republic of Ireland. She's a rock star. I love, I love her. And I like all the internationals on the other teams mixed in with the Americans. So, I mean, the level of play is phenomenal. And clearly, North Carolina Courage, well coached. Say what you want about Paul Riley, but he's a phenomenal coach. He's won everywhere he's, he's gone. And as a broadcaster, he's a dream. Because when I say, Paul, tell me about tonight's game, I can just hit record and walk away 20 minutes later he's still talking he's giving me everything I need to know and that's that's a dream as well so I'm in a pretty good spot anything associated with the NWSL including what you're doing is a pretty good spot in my opinion the fact that you talk about Paul O'Reilly I think people don't give him enough credit and I, I'm one of those people I think I'm gonna start appreciating the courage a little bit more thank you Dean um yeah. The thing with the coaches in the league, too, is that they're all so good. And we, at least from my point of view, we forget to give them the credit that they deserve. Um, there's so much talent with coaches and players within the league. Uh, my favorite younger player, I've also talked about this before, I think, um, Bethany Belker is my favorite younger player in the league. Um I don't really know from like Chicago Red Star's point of view, because I'm still, I'm waiting for the draft to happen and see what happens with that. Um, but definitely Bethany Belker is my favorite younger player. What do you think? So you're talking about, you know, young and up and coming players. Um, you know, I'm obviously really excited about Carrie Rocaro and be interesting to see, you know, when she joins the league, what she does, she's obviously with the national team now and, you know, wrapping up her time at Stanford. I think she's really good. I mean, even, you know, North Carolina Courage lost this player, Addison Merrick, but taken in the second round, started at right back. And now, you know, she's left the North Carolina Courage and gone to Louisville, was the first pick, by the way, in the uh, expansion draft for Louisville, somebody that went in the second round. 
And, you know, you go back to coaching, coaching is more than just putting the 11 players out there. You know, it's making sure that they've got the right nutrition, making sure they're reading books to better themselves, making sure they're in the right mental state. And I think Paul Riley, not only does he do that, he looks for players that have good character and Addison Merrick is one that he could get in the second round, turn into the number one pick in the expansion draft. So keep an eye on her. And then I can't wait for, um, you know, the Stanford player to get in there and start playing as well. Yeah. She's very interesting to watch. Um, I did watch the expansion draft and um, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I did not recognize a lot of the players that were being drafted. Um, Maybe it's because I'm a newer fan. Um, It feels like I've been watching them forever, but (laughs) honestly, I haven't been. Um, But watching that made me realize it's more than just the stars. There's people in the back, um, some people that play on the reserve teams, um, people that are on the bench that you don't notice. And that's also something that I'm going to start doing, doing well, all my know, research. You definitely yeah. need Tobin and Kristen Press, though. They were the last two picks. You definitely Okay, need- yes. I want to talk about that. Hmm. I shouldn't say that I was surprised, but when I was reading on Twitter and all the reporters that I follow, they're like, okay, Tobin, Heath, and Kristen Press are going to be picked. We're all freaking out. Basically, it was um, what was happening there. Um, they're definitely st- – staying in Manchester and no one else can convince me otherwise. But what do you think about that whole situation? Um, I'm going to, I'm definitely an optimist. Um, I'm hoping that they can figure out a balance. G can I call you G by the way? Yeah, that's or, fine. Okay. All right, cool. Um, just wanted to make sure. Cause I kind of like calling you G. Um, <laughs> yeah. My family calls me G all my teammates that I've ever right, had. Cool. Yeah, that's fine. All right, so I'm fitting right in. Yeah. So, I mean, look, Samantha Mewis is a star for the courage and she's Absolutely. over there. Yeah. She's over there as well. So are we worried about her coming back? Absolutely. We are. Do we understand why she's over there? Absolutely. We do. But hopefully as we get through the pandemic and I mean, it's such a unique time, right. By dealing with mm-hmm. the pandemic and you know, the, you know, we already talked about the challenge cup and then the fall series and Samantha Mewis wants to keep getting better. Wants to become one of the best players in the world. Just one us soccer female athlete of the year. Uh, but I think she's going to want to come back too. So I'm just going to hedge and I guess I'm going to sound like a politician. I'm hoping there's a way that they can do both. Um, and it works out for both the NWSL and for what they're doing over there in England. Yeah. I, that, I think that, um, Rose Lavelle and Sam Lewis are coming back. Am I as convinced with, um, those two on Man United? Not so much. Um, I know both of them probably want to be in LA. Who wouldn't want to be in LA? That's a perfect market to be in. Um, I think Louisville should have been better with their picks because they picked like two Australian internationals that I also doubt, well, maybe one of them. I doubt one of them would want to play. I will say, um, hopefully you can join me on this. I, I don't think either one of us are qualified to know what <laughs> Louisville's doing. And they're a lot smarter yeah. than we are. Um, and by the way, that's a great ownership group. Uh, mm-hmm. and just oh, I know. Like I did my research on them. They're a phenomenal group. I just, I don't <laughs> get it, especially right now. Like you think they'd pick more like prospects, I guess. But um, 
going in on the internationals, you don't know what's going to happen with them, um, especially when the people that they pick, they're playing in England right now. Um, I just, I, I was kind of confused then, and I'm still confused now, but I did make a prediction on um, one of my episodes. I think it was my, my wish list for 2021. I said that Louisville was going to make the playoffs. It was my hot take. Of so the year. Go. So they must be doing something right. If you... They're probably going to, well, I don't know what draft pick they have. The draft is like next week or something, I think. Yeah. I would, I would so, think they probably pick early as well. I mean, they had the expansion draft. I would guess that they're, they're Yeah. Early. I think the whole draft pick situation, they're going to be fine. Um, plus, you don't know what's going to happen in the season. I think that they're, they're going to be the last spot. Um, I don't think Kansas City is going to make the playoffs. I don't think Orlando's going to make the playoffs. Um, but that that's, that's just me. And I made a prediction, too, that the Red Stars are going to win just because that's me. But I want to know your picks for next season. Well, you can't count out the Red Stars. I'm not just saying that because you're a Red Stars fan, but they were already loaded. I mean, losing Sam Kerr was devastating because she's automatic points. I mean, she's Absolutely. almost every game. So they have to figure out you know, where they're going to get their goals from, but adding Mallory Pugh and then all the other U.S. internationals they have. And, uh, you know, I think is Cleo Ohio still on the team? Um, Cleo yes. Watt. Yeah. So, I mean, she, she's a big time player that is starting to get recognized by the full national team. And I mean, Chicago Red Stars are kind of becoming what the courage used to be. That is loaded with U.S. national team players. So can't count them out. Portland, is well coached. They won the fall series. Mm-hmm. Christine Sinclair is like Ponce de Leon. She's the ageless wonder. I mean, she's incredible as I think she's over 36 and still looking like she's as young as you. Gee, I mean, she's fantastic. So Portland's always going to be there. The North Carolina courage. I mean, look, if Mewis doesn't come back, um, you know, the, you know, Merritt Matthias is coming back off of ACL, the left back retired, I mean, they lost a lot of key pieces. You know, they do have a new goalkeeper, Casey Murphy's outstanding. So I think that'll be big for the North Carolina Courage in goal to have somebody of her presence. She's one of the best goalkeepers in the world. So, you know, I'm definitely going to throw the, the courage in there. But I, I, look, as far as predictions, I think you said it best. The level of coaching in this league is phenomenal. And really, I think any of the teams could win it. And again, I, I sound like a politician when I say it, but I actually mean it. I really think I do. I think with the moves that they make, if they bring in a key player, avoid injuries and go on a run, anybody could win it. That's how much talent is in the league. I was surprised with the move of Casey Murphy. And that was before I realized um, what was happening with the courage um, and their goalkeeper situation. But I was sitting there. I don't know. I forgot when the trade occurred, um, but I was sitting there like, why is Casey Murphy going to the courage that does that didn't make any sense to me and then um ol's other goalkeeper was sent to louisville and then i was like what is happening with ol (laughs) and then now i realize what what's what's happening um i'm a big fan of stephanie labib um i think she's a phenomenal goalkeeper and i wanted to see her play live but i will not have that chance now she's a big time oh. keeper and a great person. We'll definitely miss yeah. her, but I think I think Casey Murphy's going to be big oh, time. Oh, Casey Remember, Murphy is great. Yeah. Yes, that that was all with Crystal Dunn because we lost Crystal Dunn too because you know her husband worked for Portland, so 
she needed to, you know, get back, you know, with her husband. That was always a, a strange dynamic because Portland and North Carolina were always going at it. And one of the key athletic training personnel is, you know, married to Crystal Dunn. So that was crazy. But so that's how the Casey Murphy thing came about. They had to have different pieces and um, Portland gets Crystal Dunn and, and we get Casey Murphy and Ola Rain got whoever they got. I don't remember, but it's all part of the, you know, moving the chess pieces around. Yeah. Which is also another thing I got to do more looking into understanding the trades and the allocation money and all, all that wonderful mumbo jumbo that happens within this league. Cause again, I'm very new. Um, yeah. Well, you, you brought up a good point. I mean, LA is going to demand superstars. Absolutely. And, you, know, you think about Mewis and Nabby Dahlkemper from the courage they played at UCLA. So they clearly are familiar with Los Angeles and the ownership group out there is loaded with superstars, powerful Absolutely. women, movie stars. Everybody's going to want to play in LA. I was looking through the list when it came out um, on that first day and I was like, okay, there's, there's a lot of people here. And it made me realize, especially what happened in Utah, what, what's happening with all these people and their money? Because it was a shame to see what happened in Utah. And I think the Royals deserve a lot better. Is Kansas City getting their soccer team back? Of course, it's great for Missouri. But Utah, even though they weren't doing so hot, I feel like they, you're always moving forward, you know? Um, and seeing the ownership group with LA made me think, oh, I get it. It's California. It's all the superstars. It's all the, the rich people that want something there. I get that. Um, but it's like the same thing with the WNBA. We get it. You like California, everything is marketable there, obviously. Um, but what about everywhere else? I would love to see an NWSL team in Canada or in Georgia one day. That's two places. WNBA, same thing um, with Canada and uh, I had a city. San Antonio. I think they should bring San Antonio back. Um, where do you want to see an expansion team? Well, I think Atlanta makes sense because they've shown that they've been able to build it around the NFL team and, and then the men's team, which their fan base is great. So I like that you said Georgia. I'd love to see one in Ohio. You know, they've got Columbus and Cincinnati, mm -hmm. yep. Major League Soccer. I think Ohio could be a good market. Granted, it's not too far from, from Louisville, but um, I'm originally from Ohio. So I always got to throw some love to the state of Ohio for sure. I think that would be good. Um, and then, you know, it wouldn't be bad to maybe have a team in in, in – you know, Northern California, like they used to, uh, they used to have the FC gold pride that were legitimate. In fact, Christine Sinclair was on that team way back in the day. Those are just a few spots. Um, maybe even like Detroit wouldn't be, wouldn't be terrible. That'd be kind of cool. See that. Yeah. Chicago. I'm thinking too, like Minnesota Absolutely. or something. Yeah. Uh, I just feel like everything is so spread out when you think about it. Because you got all those teams on the West. And then you have a few teams on the East. And what's in the middle? Chicago, Chicago and Texas. Well, now Louisville, too. We'll just Kansas we'll City inch closer in. Yeah, and Kansas City coming back in. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're getting there. We're I, spread I think, out. You know what? It's funny. This will be trending five, six years from now, this discussion, because I think the way I know, well, I think the way the NWSL is, is building the way the TV audience is getting behind it, the way sponsors are getting behind it, the way powerful women 
are getting behind it, putting their money where their mouth is, like with the LA team. I think we could be looking at a situation where six, seven years from now, there could be 16 to 20 teams and there's enough talent to support it. You look at all of these great D1 college programs, even D2, D3, which has a few players that have made it to the NWSL. Now that they know it's a real option to pursue and make money and, and you know, actually get paid to do what they love, I think you're going to be trending, G, with this discussion. I think there's going to be a lot of teams added in the next several years. I think so, too, especially what's happening with L.A. and Louisville. Um, when I heard they were expanding, I was like, are you sure about this? And now as we've gone through the Challenge Cup and then the Verizon Community Challenge thing or whatever it's called, I can't remember, um, I understand why they're doing it. Um, growing is important, obviously. And you got to expand at one point. And the same thing with the WNBA. They got to start growing, um, even though they're not necessarily – I don't think they're prepared for it yet, maybe in a few years. Um just because the NWSL and WNBA are so different. And I don't know if people recognize that or not, but that's just what I think. Uh, it's just <laughs> two take. different groups, yeah. um, especially with different partnerships with teams, like the affiliations with teams is what I mean. Yeah. Um, you know, I want to go back to, um, I want to jump in and go back to your initial comments about, uh, how you found love with soccer by watching the U.S. women's team. My story is similar. So I got an internship with U.S. soccer in 1989, and my first assignment was to be with Anson Dorrance and the women's team getting ready for the first World Cup in 91. So I didn't know soccer. I grew up playing football, basketball, and baseball. My first assignment is to go out to Santa Barbara, and Anson Dorrance has a meeting, and in the meeting, he talks about working so hard in practice that your intestines are going to turn into diamonds. And I'm like, who is this guy? Like, how does he get these people this motivated? And his words, and of course, Anson Dorrance has won 22 national championships with North Carolina. He led that team to the first world championship in 91. And my first exposure was Michelle Akers, Karen Jennings, and April Heinrichs. And then in the midfield, they had Julie Foudy, Shannon Higgins, Mia Hamm, um, and then in the back, Brandy Chastain, um, Lori uh, Harvey was the, the Lori Henry rather was the goalkeeper. I mean, they were just loaded. Um, and it's impossible not to fall in love when you're around people at that level. And of course, they went on to win the 99 World Cup. Most of them, all those players stayed around. April Heinrichs ended up coaching afterwards. Michelle Akers converted from a forward to a center midfielder. And I feel like I had a pretty good seat for, for all of that, G. It was pretty neat. Sounds like a dream, honestly, being yeah. with that squad. Oh, my God. It was oh pretty awesome. God. And now I live in Chapel Hill, about five miles from Anson, talk to him all the time. Just got done doing Vision of a Champion podcast with him. In fact, uh, we just released a few weeks ago an interview with Tobin Heath that is out of this world that you want to get a listen to. It's the first time I've really seen Tobin open up and talk about her love of the game, her love of the ball, her affinity for Anson Dorrance, her appreciation for wearing the red, white, and blue. Really good interview. I got to check that out. That sounds really interesting, honestly. Um, I love listening to player interviews too, especially Tobin Heath, because she's just so different from everyone else, especially when it comes to answering questions. I, a while ago, I watched the Manchester United slash city interview. I think it was with New York Times or something like that, where um, this one guy interviewed 
all the four players. And it was very interesting to see what shenanigans they were up to um, in England because they're just – I laughed that whole time because it was just too funny. They were serious at one point, but, like, you got to love these players. I think that's also why people watch, too. You fall in love with the game. You start seeing the different players. You pick your favorite. You're stuck. And I am stuck on watching soccer from now on. So that's that's just my life, um, watching and watching and watching our <laughs> professional athletes. Now, I want to jump into, like, asking you about your career because that is something that I'm interested in. Um, what, when was the day that you decided, hey, I'm going to talk into a microphone as my job? Yeah, great question. So I told you I played football, basketball, and baseball, and I – you know, wanted to be a, a superstar athlete, but I wasn't. So early on, I remember we went down to a Cleveland Cavaliers game and I interviewed the, the actual players on my team as if they were Cavs players. And so it was about eighth grade where I knew that I wanted to be a broadcaster. When I went to college, I hedged a little bit and got a PR degree, knowing that that was going to work a little bit better. Um, got some activity going on in the, the kitchen here with live podcasting. Um, so, uh, but basically by hedging with the PR degree, it gave me an opportunity to still be in front of the microphone, but also write and deal with the media. And I did that with the 91 women when they won the World Cup, the 92 Olympic team in Barcelona, the 94 U.S. World Cup men's team when the World Cup was held in the United States. I was their senior press officer. After the World Cup was over, they formed Major League Soccer, and I was a natural choice to move in as the director of communications. So I did. I did the launch. And I I went to Chicago for the Chicago Fire branding and the introduction of Peter Wilt and the new coach. I did all the teams. And the last team was Colorado. And Colorado had seen that I'd worked in soccer. You know, I still wasn't that old, but, you know, I'd worked in soccer since 89, even while I was in college. They're like, hey, we need some help. Can you come? And I was like, yeah, I will come and I'll help, but only if I can be your broadcaster. So they made me like a VP and I helped with everything but they gave me the opportunity for three years to call the games at Colorado before I came to North Carolina and started my, my broadcasting career here in North Carolina, where I, I've now morphed into not just soccer. I started with soccer, but now you name the sport and I've called it and you name the women's sport. And I've definitely called it because I, I love women's sports. So being on a podcast called women's sports matters was easy for me because it's genuine. And, and I mean, it. if you listen to me, call one of those games hopefully you'll you'll hear it and see it yeah i've listened to a few of your clips um there's just something about your voice that is like this dude is perfect i'm very picky with the announcers that i listen to um because if you're boring and dry i'm, I'm gonna turn the tv off and i think that's part of viewership as well with sports um is is the announcer good are they bad are they dry? Do they have a sense of humor? So, gee, you got me kind of on the good side then? Like, I'm, I'm yes, you're good. The good side. <laughs> you're good. That's important uh, to me. I appreciate that. Like, some, I, I'm a big baseball watcher, and some of the announcers are bad. Really, really bad. And it's I'll turn the TV that. off. It's interesting because Ernie Harwell was the voice of the Tigers. And he's a legend. He's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. And he was part of the reason why I wanted to become a broadcaster. You need to be good in baseball because, you know, there's a lot of laws, right? So you got to be able to storytell and, and keep the viewer engaged. 
I'm a big Chicago White Sox fan. So at one point we had Hawk Harrelson and that, that guy made me fall in love with the White Sox. He's, she gone. She gone. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. It's just it, that he is so iconic. And then Vince Scully also. Vince um, legend. Yeah. But, but Hawks, all he's got to do is say she gone. Yeah. <laughs> it was just, and then when you'd go to the games, even though you can't hear him, you turn around. Uh, we had seats um, behind the plate. So you turn around, you look, you're like, oh, there's Hawk. And I was like, oh my God, I'm starstruck. I, I think that respect for him. Yeah. yeah. That's a good and pick. I, one of the baseballs in my room has his autograph on it. I don't know which one. I have a lot of signed baseballs. <laughs> I don't know where it is. I think it's, it's over there. I'm not going to take it out because that's a process. <laughs> But I, I walked up to him to get his autograph when I was little, and I saw his shoes, and I'm like, okay, I like this guy more now. He's like these funky shoes on, <laughs> and I was like, okay, you're cool. I like you. <laughs> you nailed it with Hawk. He's definitely he's definitely in there. Yeah. And you know, I definitely appreciate you asking me about about my career and your your kind comments. I appreciate it. I definitely the other thing I would add to that is, um, 25 years of calling games. I don't take any days off I don't take any game for granted so whether it's um, a field hockey game between Northwestern and Penn State or if it's the North Carolina Courage against Chicago Red Stars I treat every game with the same respect like it's their own World Cup and I think that's important because you know look those field hockey players they've got somebody like you that's watching or they have a grandma or neighbor or whatever and if it's important to them it's important to me that is a great way to look at it I, can you, for everyone listening, give your, like, some call that you do during a game, like an example of a call for, like, a soccer game or something, just to give everyone a taste if they haven't listened to you before? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I think the key is, you know, a lot of that is I, I call what I see. So sometimes, you know, when I'm asked to do this, it's a little bit more difficult. But, you know, one of the things that I, I've always done with the North Carolina Courage is, you know, for instance, you know, done gets it in the middle and slides it over to Williams McDonald making a run on the outside post McDonald with Dunn over there Dunn hammers it and how about the North Carolina courage and I've been doing that for years as you know and, and that's that probably great. that's probably part of the the hate on the courage because I definitely <laughs> I definitely get into it when they score because they're awesome and, and like I told you before though but the league is awesome so while I, you know, while I proudly wear the North Carolina Courage badge, I proudly wear the NWSL badge. I think the league is incredible, and I'll advocate it anytime, anywhere. That is just beautiful. Do you own an NWSL sweatshirt? They came out with those a while back. I made my wife get me one for Christmas, actually, because I saw it on social media. And yeah. normally as an announcer, you get free stuff, but I'm like, I'm mm -hmm. never going to get one of those. So she actually wrapped one up and got that for, for Christmas. And then she also got me one of these, even though I'm the voice of the courage. Uh, we're going to add a little video element on it. Um, <laughs> she actually ordered me one of these as, as well. So that I'm is like, awesome. Yeah. So I'm all about it for sure. I have a WNBA orange hoodie um, that is the whole story behind that is something that I don't think I've talked about in here, but if Kobe wears it, the world will wear it. Mm -hmm. um, and obviously such a loss for the entire sports community. He's done so much and he would have done so much for the WNBA. Um, 
and then all the Kobe fans, all the, as I like to call them, keyboard warriors hiding behind their phones, um, talking crap about the W. Um, I proudly wear my orange hoodie whenever I, I can. Um, yeah. yeah, I love wearing yeah. it. I see people wearing it out in public sometimes. I saw someone wearing it in Walmart a few weeks ago. Um, I just love supporting women's leagues, and that's why I have this podcast. Um, but I'm glad that you got an NWSL hoodie. I want one. I kind of want the purple one. That one kind of looks one. cool. I got a gray yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, Money, I love it. Yeah. And, and by the way, the, I just did a game the other day. I do a lot of women's basketball games, and I did Florida State against Virginia. And Virginia is coached by Tina Thompson, who was the first ever pick in the WNBA and is the all-time leading goal scorer, won a ton of WNBA titles, won a ton of gold medals for the USA and you talk about the early days of the WNBA. Again, the first ever pick, Tina Thompson, one of the legends. And she loves Kobe as well. Talked a little bit about Kobe. Ironically, our producer was golfing with Del Curry, Steph's dad. And Tina started talking to Del. And so the fact that you've got people like Steph Curry, Del Curry, Kobe Bryant, you know, these men that are also putting their name behind the WNBA or the NWSL or any women's sports leagues, I think is phenomenal because it shouldn't just be all women watching the games, right? Everybody should watch it. And I think that's why the numbers have been off the charts for the NWSL. Those aren't all women. When you get 600,000 watching a game, I mean, that's men and women coming together to support this game we love. The game is for everyone. Watching is for everyone. And I think people forget that, um, especially, again, with the whole keyboard warriors thing, which I did an episode about that when I talked about Sarah Fuller. Um, what she did was incredible. And people fail to recognize that. Um, I got so mad while recording that episode because I was sitting here and I was like, I want to scream but I'm making this podcast so people will listen to me and I can't scream. And I literally ended it. I was like, okay, I'm going to stop recording now because I'm so mad. Um, but like, I'm fine now. I'm not going to like be so angry over it. Um, Cause I want people to listen to me, you know? Um, what about the crossover? Were you excited to see the coach when Greg Popovich got ejected for the Spurs and had to see yes. Becky finish off the game? That was pretty cool. I, Okay, I think was it AP Sports was titled their article wrong about Becky Heyman or whatever. And I was like, I was also mad at that because she ain't directing anything. She's a flipping coach, coaching the hell out of the Spurs. Mm -hmm. um, I wanted to see her hired by the Bulls. And then Billy Donovan got picked. I was like, you know what? It's not her time yet. I'll give her that. She can stay. She's Maybe. Yeah, maybe Popovich is going to retire in a few years. And they're like, instead of Tim Duncan, hey, you know what, Becky? Congratulations. You're the first um, woman to coach an NBA team now. With your crystal ball setting <laughs> here. I love it. You got expansion for NWSL locked in, and you've got Becky as the new coach of the Spurs when Pop steps down. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> yeah, I'm making history. I'm predicting everything. <laughs> everything is going to come true, of course. I am the one that's predicting everything. I Everything is on the wrong hands. I also made a prediction in my wishlist for 2021 episode. I talked about the Olympics. And I was like, hey, this is what's going to happen. So USA versus um, Netherlands in the semis. And then Australia and France in the semis. 
and then at first I said that it would be USA versus Australia. But I'm changing my mind. I'm going to say USA versus France. Okay. Um, but I said France and Australia would be uh, penalties. Okay. All right. I love that's it. another hot take gospel to me. So I'm, I'm going to log that as well and reach back out to you when the Olympics are going on to see how close yeah. this has been. This has been awesome. I appreciate you also being on my podcast and it's been great spending time with you. I've enjoyed it. I just got one last thing for you for okay. anyone that wants to become a broadcaster. What are five important things they should remember while being in that process? All right. I love, I love this question. Okay. So number one is repetition. You got to get the work and sometimes you got to even, you got to play it. So that means you've got to turn down the volume and call games that you're not even being paid to call. So you got to do reps and early on, don't worry about how much money you're making, go out and call high school games, call division three college, call NAIA. You've got to get the reps because the reps uh, help you perfect everything that you need to do. The second thing that I definitely want to recommend to anybody getting into a broadcast, and I like this one, and you don't hear this as often, the worst word is and, because whenever you say and, what do you got to do, G? You got to keep on going, right? You got to say something else, and you don't need to. You already said everything that you need to say, so just leave it. Let the TV tell the stories. And then the third one is let the TV tell the stories. Big goal, big moment. You don't have to talk over all of that. Let everybody soak it in, have your moment calling the goal and then lay out and let everybody enjoy it for sure. Definitely have the flexibility to, to know that you're gonna have different partners sitting next to you. Understand that they're all different in their own ways, but they all love the game the way you do. So embrace your analysts in my, in, in my case because I'm a play-by-play -play guy. So you always want to embrace your analysts. In fact, I have a little thing that I've always done as long as I've been broadcasting. My stat guy and my analyst, I always give them a coffee card for every game. So when they show up, even if they haven't met me, they've already got a little coffee card and says, hey, when you're done, have a cup of coffee. Remember me. Hope you have a good time. So just a little, little thing like that. And then I already said it. My biggest thing is treat every game like it's the World Cup or the Super Bowl you know, depending on what sport you want to pick, because it's important to some little grandma sitting in a little small town, you know, maybe even near you in uh, Naperville that's watching their kid play and it matters to them. So make sure you know how to say their name correctly and say it cleanly. So those are just a few of the tips that I definitely recommend. Because one of the things that I do hate, and you know, it happens to me every once in a while, there's a name that I just can't get my, my hands around, but it's not for a lack of trying. I feel like People want to be called by the right name. And when I get athletes that say, well, it's tomato or tomato. No, it's not like your, your mom and dad, you know, named you this name for a reason, including your last name. So let's make sure we say it right. That is great that I'm going to take that advice. I'm <laughs> when I'm editing this, I'm going to write all this down so I can remember it and live by it. Um, because I'm still considering if I want to be an announcer. I've been told I have the voice for it. We shall see. Um, I kind of want to call some games wherever I go to school, even though if, if it's a sport that I don't know, I will do research and I will call that game, especially if it's a women's game, because women's sports matter. And on that note, we are going to end this episode Dean, is there anything you want to shout out before we leave? I'm just going to reemphasize 
three words, women's sports matters. Amen. Thank you so much. As always, this is the Women's Sports Matter podcast, and I'm your host, Janelle Castro. I want to give a big shout out to Dean for coming on today's episode. His podcast will be linked down below. But you know what's also down below? A link to my YouTube channel. I have a YouTube channel, guys. And if you already know this, thank you so much for subscribing. If you're not subscribed, um, well, you can see this. Wave to the camera, Dean. Hi, we're waving to the camera. You can see it if you're on YouTube, but if you're on Anchor, you can't. So if you want to go and see the recording of this video, make sure you go subscribe to my YouTube channel and watch this episode and all my other episodes because you might as well just do a binge listen (laughs) or binge watching since you're watching me recording live. Well, not really live, but you'll get the idea. I also have a Twitter. You can follow me at WSM podcast dean you have a twitter would you like to share it with the world yeah sure i'm very archaic in my social media but it's at dean c linky d-e-a-n-c-l-i-n-k-e thanks for letting me share absolutely so if you want to go follow the both of us on social media you can i also have an instagram it's women's sports matter on instagram it's very new um sometimes i will post special previews to my episodes like I did um, on last Tuesday's episode with my off-topic discussion. So if you want to see a five-minute clip from today's episode, go on my Instagram, guys, and follow me because some of the clips are juicy, or they will be, because I haven't edited this yet, so we don't know, okay? (laughs) All right, G, you rock. Thanks for having me. Yes. Thank you so much, Dean, for coming on today. I appreciate it. Thank you for spreading the love of women's sports. Thank you. Amen. All right, cool. So I'll, um, I'll call Erica. And um, so here's my only worry. Um, well, I'll, no, I know she'll have the video. I, I, normally she just records the audio, but I'll tell her to send video and audio um, to you and I, okay? Yeah, I need the just the video part. I don't really care about the audio, but like setting both is okay too because when I was recording my off-topic discussion, I had a little trouble with it only because something was wacky with my computer and I was confused. But I did fix it even though I did stay up really late to edit it even though I should have been in bed by 3 a.m. <laughs> but it's fine. Right. Um, so if this episode is airing on Thursday, mine will air on Thursday. I just have to record a, another episode that I was already planning on doing anyway. I'm okay, gonna do perfect. That. I'm gonna email her right now and tell her to send the full video file to you. Okay. Okay. okay awesome. All what right. time does Thank your you. podcast go up? Uh, it goes up usually 9 a.m. on Thursday morning. Wow, we're an hour apart. Yeah. Mine yeah. goes up at 10 a.m. Central Time. Okay, that'll be exciting. I'm so glad that you're going to be on the podcast and thanks for having me on yours. It's a pleasure. I will listen and share with the world and I'll tweet about it too. So yeah. Okay, I'll check it out. Thank you. Keep doing what you're doing. It was was fun. Have a great night, okay? Thank you. You too. All right, (laughs) bye-bye.